Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Like I just said a moment ago, we're in the series called I Am. Can you say with me, I Am? I Am. That's a very important two little words, all right? I Am. Because there's three questions that we're going to dive into today that we all have as human beings. These three questions are at, at the core of our soul. And the first question is, who am I? Can you say that with me? Who am I? Say it with me. Who am I? All right. That is an identity question. Okay. That is an identity question. We're going to dive into that here in a second. The second question that we all have as human beings is, where do I belong? We all want to be part of a tribe. We all want to be part of a family. We all want to be in a place where we feel that we belong. This is a security question. Because when you know that you belong, you feel secure, you feel safe in that place, all right? And the third question that, that we all have is, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And this is a purpose question. This is a question that has to do with your significance, all right? What, what am I going to do? What, what am I here for exactly? Now, the important thing is, is for us to understand that these questions are going to be asked of us many times. And not only are they going to be asked of you externally, but these are questions that we're going to wrestle with and we're going to deal with in here. And I'm going to say something. A lot of times, until you don't have the answer for these questions, you're not going to be able to walk in the freedom and in the design and in the purpose that God created you for. These questions will haunt a person. These questions will haunt a man. These questions will keep you awake at night. When you don't know what you're supposed to do, when you don't know who you are, these things will constantly be there in your heart, in your soul. Now, the question is, why is it so difficult to answer these things? I remember as a little kid, you know, as a little kid, I would think, and they would talk to me about God and everything, and I would see everything so big and so vast. And, and I said, what role do I play in, in this game? What's my role? Who, who am I in this? You know, I remember when I was a junior in high school, the movie Lion King came out. Remember, guys, the Lion King movie? And I remember I went to watch the Lion King movie with this girl that I was dating. And uh, that didn't work too well, so I paid attention a lot to what the movie was saying, you know. And I remember the part, you know, when Mufasa dies and, and Simba, you know, spends the whole movie trying to do what? to figure out who he is. And, and he leaves his tribe. He leaves his people because of a lie that comes into his heart. And we're going to see that that's not too far off from what really happened in the biblical story. And at the end of the movie, you know the whole story that he's looking at a lake and then he sees the image of his father when he's looking at himself. And I pray that as we go through this series in these next few weeks, as you look at yourself, you can see the image of the father in you. Because the Bible says that you've been made in his likeness and his image. And we all carry that wherever we go. I just want you to keep that there in your heart. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to look at where this whole mess started. You know, because it wasn't supposed to be that way. <laughs> it was not supposed to be that way. But in Genesis chapter 3, you'll start seeing where all these questions start to pop up from. 
where they start to come and, and, and it, they invade the human heart, okay, like a storm, like a hurricane. They just come and, and, and they mess with us. In Genesis 3, starting in verse 7, and we're going to go all the way through verse 13, it says this, Then the eyes of both were opened. It's talking about the men and the women when they ate, okay, from the forbidden fruit. By the way, we, never, we don't know if it's an apple, all right? A lot of us, oh, it's an apple. We don't know what it was, all right? It was just a fruit from a tree that they were not supposed to eat from, all right? So when they ate from it, God had told them not to eat from there or they will surely die. The moment that they ate from there, it says, and both their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, isn't that foolish right there? <laughs> They're hiding from God behind the tree. That, that's crazy, all right? It says, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And let me tell you that that's a question that is still asked today by God. Where are you? Where are you? And the man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So here, all right, we see three obstacles that show up in this moment that stand in the way of us being able to answer those three questions that we have. What are the three questions? Who am I? Okay, where do I belong? And what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Those are the questions we all have here. But here, three obstacles stand in the way of that. And let me tell you, from that moment in human history, that's the way we all relate. None of us can escape from this. All of us relate in these three ways. Number one, and you can write this down because this is going to help you sometime down the line. or it might help you even today. All right? One of the ways that we relate is fear based on shame. Write that down. Fear based in shame. What did he say? He said, I was afraid because I was what? Because I was naked. So fear came in and invaded his heart because he felt that he was ashamed because of the way that he looked. And a lot of us relate even till today in the same way. We feel shame with ourselves. We feel shame in the way that we look. We feel shame maybe in the way that we speak. We feel shame maybe because of the things that we've done. And those things will always lead you to what? To do what he was doing, which is the second thing, I hid myself. I hid myself. The second way that we, rely, we relate to one another is hiding based in our insecurities. Our insecurities take hold of our heart of our feelings, of our souls, and all of a sudden, the real you, you don't want to show it. 
And what you do is that you put a facade. You just cover yourself up. And you let people in until where you want to let them in, but hey, no more. Just, you can stay right there because I'm insecure. And I don't know what's going to happen if you really know me for who I really am. You know, that's why I speak to our young people, you know, when they like each other and they, 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 they want to be in relationships and stuff like that. And when they get in this courtship, you know, process, you know, and one of the things that I say, hey, you know what? Just be friends. Get to know each other as friends. Because the moment that you go beyond that, all of a sudden, you try to show something that you're not because you want to impress that person. Come on now. Everybody's kind of quiet here this morning. All of you guys know the whole impressing season. Guys, uh, gentlemen, you got to know when you try to impress your wife because you knew there, there wasn't much there, but you're like, let me try to show something anyways. You know, and then the ladies, you know, they put up all their makeup and all the dresses and they take long and all these things because they want to look good. And all of a sudden, the reality is that behind all that stuff, we're hiding who we really are. But when you're friends, you know, I don't hide anything from my friends. I am who I am. I act dumb. I act stupid. I say what I think. And they know me for who I am. You guys know what I'm talking about? So... A lot of us fall into that second place where it says that they were hiding because what? They felt insecure. They, they were afraid. And then the third way that we relate, all right, number one is fear based in shame. Number two is hiding based in our insecurity. Number three, placing blame based on self-denial. Oh, we're good at that, guys. We're great at placing the blame somewhere else. It's very hard for somebody to say, hey, I messed up. It was me. Hey, bro, I am so sorry. You know, everybody's suffering because of what I've done. It's very hard to do that. Usually what we do is that we place the blame somewhere else. And, and that's what the man said. What did, they, what did the man say? When the Lord said to the, Lord, to the man, what have you done? He goes, hey, Lord, the woman that you gave me, <laughs> this woman right here, now, he wasn't even blaming the woman. You know who he was blaming? He was blaming God. Because he said, Lord, the woman that you gave me. You imagine the audacity of that? Come on. Blaming God. So he threw two blame. That was like a double arrow. You know what I'm saying? One to God, one to the woman. I'm, I'm innocent. I didn't do anything. Lord, if you hadn't created this woman, I'd be good. And woman, if you hadn't given me that fruit, I'd be good. And then the Lord says, all right, all right, let's play this game. Let's play it. And he goes to the woman, what have you done? And you know what the woman says? Lord, that serpent you created, that snake came around, you know, and was talking to me. And immediately what we do is that we place blame on others. We say, oh, no, it was that one. It was this one. It was that. And isn't that the way that we all act? I, I wouldn't be like this if my father would be here. I wouldn't be like this if I would have been born over there. I wouldn't be like this if I would have had this or done that. And we're constantly always blaming all the situations, all the circumstances, all the people. Search yourself. And you see that these are patterns in humanity. In all of us, we don't escape this. And that's the moment, and I was speaking about this a little bit last week, where this orphan spirit just comes into the heart of the human. And you think that you got to look out for yourself. Because what did the man do? Pastor Max said something a moment ago. 
He said, we are created to, to be and to live in God's presence. The moment that the man ran away from God's presence, he was off on his own. And this orphan spirit, oh, I got to take care of myself because nobody's going to look out for me. I got to look out for myself. And I'm going to be honest, there were moments in my life, I had a great dad in my life. My mom is still alive. And they did a great job with me. But there were still moments in myself that I had to deal with these feelings and these emotions of this orphan spirit of, of having to look out for myself and protect myself. Because it happens to all of us. When we go through tough situations in life that we don't understand and we try to process. And, and you're like, Lord, are you really there? Or do I have to do this on my own? Do I have to look out for myself? And that orphan spirit will come and, and question us. Why? Because when man did this, he walked away from God. And you know what came in? Sin came into us. And that's when that orphan spirit came in and recited in our hearts. But I want to tell you something, guys. And I want this to resonate in your heart. You were created to be a son or daughter of God. You were created to be a child of God. You were created for that. And actually, that's the title of my message today. The title of my message, I am a child of God, because that's what we were created for. Now, sin came and separated us, and we're going to talk a little bit about all that. But God should be, listen to what I'm going to say, should be the source of our true identity. God needs to be the source of our true identity. And the enemy will take advantage of the void that was left in the heart of human beings. Because of sin, and he will take advantage of that void, and he'll come to question. He'll come to say, hey, who are you? Do you really belong? Do you really have a purpose? And you have people today that will just end their lives. They will take their lives because they believe those lies. One of the hardest things that, I, that I've seen in this last season has been even pastors that have committed suicide and have killed themselves. When I've read those news, when I've heard those news on TV, it breaks my heart. Because you, to get to a point that you know the truth, but the lie will be so strong. The deception will be so much that you say, you know what? It's better just to end all this and have to deal with this. Who am I? Where do I belong? What am I supposed to do? Well, let's look at God's answer to these questions. Because if we're going to find the solution, we got to go to God's word. And let me tell you something. you got to hold God's word. And this is something I want to say above anything. Okay? God's word is unfallible. It's truth. It's not a myth. It's not a made-up story. All right, if you have questions with God's word, it's going to be hard for you to take this as absolute truth. Okay, but I'm going to share with you what God in his word says about these three questions. And the answer to this is found in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And we're going to go from verse 3 to 8. And the way we're going to look at this is we're going to start breaking it down by different sections. All right, so the first question is, who are you? Who are you? All right, who are you? Well, we're going to start in verse 3 of Romans 12, and it says this. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, pay attention, 
Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Okay, so we're going to stop there. The question that we're trying to answer, okay, is who am I? Who am I? Well, until you don't know what this question's answer is, all right, let me tell you, you're going to look for your identity in many different places. You're going to look for your identity, for example, in your friends. Young people, pay attention, all you college-age students, high school, middle schoolers that are here. All right, this is a stage where a lot of you guys can find yourselves in right now, which you will look for your identity in your friends, who your friends say that you are. And you try to be popular and, you know, wear the nice clothes and say the right things and look the way you need to look because you want to be accepted by your friends. You want to hear that your friends say, oh, this guy's cool, this guy's good, you know. this." Guy. And then we move on from there, even though that still always stays there. And then we move on from there, and we go into possessions, you know. And then what you have, all right, is that dictates who you are. A lot of times what you have, what you do, all right. And I wrote a couple of things here. If you have the biggest house, if you have the nicest car, if you have the best toys, the nicest clothes, if you have the latest telephone. I remember... Towards the end of last year, you know, this, this is an old model iPhone that I have. And I was about to switch it. And my son comes and he goes, he goes, don't switch it, Dad. Don't switch it. Because the iPhone 14 is coming out next year. And the iPhone 13 had just come out. And I was like, let me just make it. He goes, no, 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 no. It's the iPhone 14. It's going to be completely different. Yeah, don't, don't invest right now. I'm like, well, this guy knows more than I do about these things. He spends his time looking at all this stuff. So I'm like, let me just hold off and, and stay with this one for a little bit. You know? But the reality is my phone works good. It still does. Sometimes it has a couple of glitches. You know? But it's nice to have the latest one. Correct? Now, the problem is when you put your identity in that. I have no problem in you being able to afford something. You get something nice. That's cool. But if you put your identity in that, that's when we're starting to trip. That's when we're starting to, okay, we're, we're walking away from where, where we need to be. All right? We look for our identity and our work, job security, accomplishments, social status, and having children. I've known people. The more children that I have, you know, the better. I've been to Israel seven times, and the culture over there in the Middle East, the more kids you have, the better it is, all right? The other day, I was speaking to somebody, listen to this, all right, 10 children, 10 children, you imagine that? I was like, I got four, and I have a handful, 10. The last one, I might not even know what his name is, you know, if I had 10. I was like, that guy has to burp himself, you know, when he's a baby, Ten kids. A lot of people will put their identity in that stuff. All right? In your couple. All right? Men, a lot of times you put your identity in the woman. The woman puts her identity in the men. Why? Because we have not found an answer to this question. Now, if we look at the verse again, all right? In Romans chapter 12, it says, Think of yourself with sober judgment. All right? 
What does sober judgment mean? With good judgment. Don't, don't, don't think of yourself more, but don't think of yourself, listen, less either. Think of yourself the way that you need to think of yourself. It says, according, listen to this, with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So how do you see yourself according to the faith God has given? So you got to go to God to answer this question. And I'm going to tell you something. The reality is that he is the only one that is going to be able to satisfy who you are. Nobody else. Husbands, don't put that weight on your wife to try to satisfy your every need. She can't. She wasn't created to that, to do that. She was created to be your companion, but she can't fulfill. Only God can. Women, don't think that a man is going to bring you complete satisfaction. You're going to be pulling your hairs after a while. All right? Only God can do that. So where do we find our true identity and our true satisfaction? We find it in God, God the Father, more specifically. And when we know the heart of the Father, then we could walk in freedom towards Him because if we don't know who He is, we're like, well, yeah, God, but mm, this is weird. But when you understand 1 John, for example, chapter 4, verse 8, that it says, God is love. And you understand that God created you for a relationship based on love, a loving relationship. When you know that you are loved, listen to this, you are free to be yourself. You know why I'm free to be myself around my wife? My wife knows everything I think. I tell her all my stuff and everything. You know why? Because I know that love sustains that. And when I know I can come to God and he's not going to reject me regardless of what I do or say, you know what that gives me? Freedom to be myself. You understand? And when I have that freedom that comes from God, you know what happens? Pay attention, guys. It starts to manifest outwardly. And then whoever people say that I am doesn't really matter that much. Because what matters for me is who he says that I am. And that far outweighs everything else. So how should I think of myself? It says here with sober judgment. With sober judgment. That's the commandment. I want you to look at this picture I have on screen. You guys have that picture for me back there? Look at this picture here. It's going to be kind of cool. Look at this cat looking at himself in the mirror. But look at the reflection that he sees. All right? So what does it say on the top? What matters most is how you see yourself. What matters most is how you see yourself, okay? You are a beloved son or daughter of God. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is who you are, okay? That's the answer to that question. Number two, all right, cool cat. <laughs> Number two, where do I belong? Let's look at verse 4 and 5 of Romans 12. Where do I belong? It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. Pay attention to what it says here. It says, in Christ we belong to one another. 
That's crazy. In Christ, we belong to one another. What does that mean? That we are a spiritual family in Christ. If you are in Christ, listen to this. I belong to you guys. You guys belong to me. We belong to each other. We're part of a family. We're part of one body. All right? Now, there's part of your bodies that you like. And there's other parts of your body that you don't like. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I look at my toes and I'm like, boy, they're weird. Like, and why is this one bigger than the one? The one on the right foot is bigger than the one on the left foot. I'm like, why? Your body, there's parts you're going to like and there's other parts that you don't like and it's okay. Okay? It's okay. That, but you're still part of it. If you had, instead of five toes on your feet, you have four and they had to amputate one, I'm going to tell you, it could be the most ugliest one, but it's going to hurt so much. It's going to be so painful. Why? Because if it's in the body, it's necessary. If it's in the body, it's necessary. If God placed it in the body, it's because it's important. If God placed that little annoying brother or sister in the body, say with me, they are necessary. Say it with me, they're necessary. They, say it with me, they're necessary. Why am I telling you to say this? Because for others, you might be that little annoying brother or sister. You might not know it. You might think you're all cool and everybody likes you, but you don't know. <laughs> and others might be saying, oh boy, here he comes. It's not you, but you might. <laughs> we belong to one another. In Christ, we belong to one another. And that orphan spirit that tries to make you feel that you're not part of the family has to go in Jesus' name because you are part of the family. You belong to the family of God. If you are a child of God, God says, I want you to sit at my table. The Bible says that there's going to be this great banquet in the kingdom of heaven. And guess what? If you have Christ in your heart, you and I are going to be part of that banquet. We're going to sit at the table. Can you believe it? I might be telling Abraham, Abraham, can you pass the corn? You're looking at me kind of weird this morning, but the reality is that all those guys and you are going to be in that table. I might want a reservation next to Moses. I have some questions I want to ask. I want to take a quick look at Adam and say, Adam, I'm about to hit you, man, because you got us all in so much trouble. Adam, sit on the other side of that table, please. Don't look at me. There's a place for you guys. There's a place for you in the table of God because you belong to the family. You belong to the family. You've been adopted by God. You've been adopted by God. John 1:12 says the following, yet to all those who receive him, to those that believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You became part of the family. He adopted you. I don't know if you know too much about adoption, but I'm going to tell you something. And a, a legal adopted kid has the same rights as a legally born kid into the family. Same rights. And in heaven, you and I, the moment that we become children of God, we have the same rights as well. You belong. There's a place 
for you. There's a place for you. And the important, listen to this, the reason you must think of yourself accurately with sober judgment, pay attention, is that there is a place where you belong that no one else can fill. And that needs to give you security. Pay attention. Nobody else could fill your spot. Let that sink in for a second. There's a place with your name reserved that nobody else can. Hey, listen, Martha didn't come, so Milton's going to take that seat. No, it's reserved for you. It's your place of belonging. Those that have more than one kids, this is important that you listen to. Those of us that have more than one kid, they're all so different. But do you love more one more than the other? No. They all, you love them the same. They have a special, but isn't it incredible how they all are particular in their personality and you love certain things about them? Sometimes I'm with my wife and let's say like three of the kids will be with us and one, you know, is, you know, at his uncle's house or something. And I'm like, don't you miss so-and-so? Like a moment will pop up and I'm like, what would so-and-so say right now? It just pops up. Because they're so particular. They're so important. Their space is so important. Their place. Yesterday, I went to a Marlins game with my son, Jeremy. Jeremy loves sports. I don't know where he got that from. <laughs> I have no idea. The love for baseball that he has, I got to admit, he didn't have, get it from me. He got it from my dad. Jeremy sat through the nine innings at Marlin Stadium, asking me questions about the batters, about the pitch. I don't know who they are. I had to say, give me a second. I would go to my ESPN app to see, hey, listen, this guy's batting this much, this, that. My phone died because of going to the phone so much. He talked to me throughout the baseball game. And in the top of the ninth, we were winning by two runs. The game was, okay, JJ, let's get out, you know, let's beat the traffic. He's like, no, 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 there's three more batters to come. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but you don't understand how much I enjoyed JJ's company yesterday. I think I needed JJ more than he needed me yesterday because of his kindness, because of the way that he is, because of his personality. Now, if I want a little craziness in my life, then I go out with David. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just something weird could happen. Crazy could happen. You know? You were with David yesterday. How was your evening, baby? It was crazy. <laughs> you were with <laughs> worship team. You guys could come. We all have a place where we belong in the family. What I'm trying to say. And it's yours. And in heaven's family, there's a place reserved for you. David, there's a place for you, man. There's a place with your name on it. Grace, there's a place with your name on it. Carlos, I love having you here this morning. There's a place for you, man, at the table at God's family. I love having you here. Carlos is doing some community hours, so he's been coming around. I appreciate you sitting down this morning and listening to this message. The last question, what are you supposed to do? So who am I? I'm a son of God. Where do I belong? I belong in the family. There's a place for me. What am I supposed to do? Verse 6 through 8 of Romans 12. It says it there. It says we have different gifts. According to the grace, grace, according to the grace given to each of us. 
If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Milton, that's something I appreciate about you, man. You have the gift of encouragement. And it's a gift. It's a blessing. If it is giving, then give generously. Pastor Max, you have the gift of giving. Those Jordans you have look so good on you. They will look nicer on me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if it's the gift of giving, then give generously. And if it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Let me say something before we close. This list that we just read here, all right, listen, is not, is not to explain the different spiritual gifts. That's not what it's supposed to do. This list that we just read here, what it's trying to do is tell us to put into practice. Put into practice that, okay, that you're supposed to do. Put it into practice. In other words, what it means is this. Listen, two things. Discover and implement. Oh, my time is done to preach. Discover and implement. Discover what you bring to the table. I'm going to say it like this. There's something that you're supposed to do that you're great at. And you haven't died. Listen to this. You haven't died because that hasn't been fulfilled yet. Because if it would have been fulfilled, it's time for you to go. If you're here, there's something that you're great at and you're supposed, supposed to be doing it. I'm going to encourage you to find out three things that you're good at. Go find out more. Three things that you're good at. And dedicate your life to doing that. Dedicate your life to doing that. Because you're going to make a difference wherever you go. Find three things that you're good at. It could be even making key lime pie. Boy, my daughter makes a key lime pie that is amazing. You want to try a good key lime pie? You tell my daughter Hadassah to make a key lime pie. It could brighten up your day when you eat that thing, man. Find out three things that you're good at. Discover it. Listen, and then implement it. And then I'm going to give you another homework. Find out three things that you're not so good at. Listen to this. And find out who does that well. And bring them close to you. The things that you don't do well, you need people around you that can cover you in that. Discover what you're supposed to do. Implement what you're supposed to do. You know what's going to happen? You're going to walk securely. You're going to be happy as you do it. And at the same time, you're going to depend on others to be strong where you're not. And it's going to be fantastic. Today, we have our step one of our growth track. And if you came here this morning, you're part of NUMA, you've been coming a month, two months, maybe you're here for the first time today. Growth track is part, okay? It's a tool that God has given us here in this church to help you discover your wiring, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, what are your desires, how you want to make a difference in this world. And it's a four-step process. Every Sunday is a different step. 
So today, since it's the first uh, Sunday of May, oh my God, we're in May 1 already. Believe it or not, we're almost halfway through the year, guys. <laughs> May 1 is step one. Guys, go and check it out when the service is over. It's about 40 minutes. And you do your step one, and that's how you actually become a member here at Numa Church is going through the growth track. That's how you can become part of the dream team. Any dream teamers here this morning? A couple of you guys? Yeah. We had our dream team meeting this Thursday night. It was amazing. But isn't it great when you see somebody up here, somebody back there, passionate about what they do, and they're actually making a difference while they do it? It's so good. So I want to close this morning by saying that I know that there's people here that are struggling with their identity. You're struggling with who you are. You're struggling with what role do you play. You are struggling with even knowing if you belong here. And all these questions are there to, to bombard you. And I just want to tell you something that I said last week, and it just resonates in my heart right now to say it again. Jesus didn't die to give you value. Jesus died on the cross because you had value for God. You had value for God. You have value for God. Don't forget who you really are. Who are you? You're a son of God if you've invited Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that at that moment your sins are forgiven and you become a son or daughter of God. And if you haven't made that decision, in one second I'm going to give you the chance to do that. But I want you to remember this. God created you unique. Please don't forget this. God created you unique. You have a lot of value for God. And don't let anybody tell you elsewhere. Number two, he placed you in his family. You belong. You don't need to be alone. And number three, he has gifted you to fulfill his purpose. Listen, you have value. You have significance. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at this morning. If you're struggling with those three questions that we asked today, who am I? Do I belong? What am I supposed to do? And you're hearing God's word speak over you, his truth. I pray that right now as you close your eyes right there, his truth and his voice will be more powerful than the lies that you've been believing. That that truth will overcome in your life. So I just want you to take a moment right now and just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me through this message? And let him speak to you for a few moments. Who the sun sets free, always free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I
eyes closed and head bowed. What a powerful statement being made by this song. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. If you have Christ in your life, your sins have been forgiven. You've entered into this relationship with God that you could call him Abba. You could call him Daddy. And he could fill your heart. He could fill your soul and answer any question you might have in there. But if you're here this morning or watching through that camera and you've never invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. That's a decision that most of us in this room have already made. But it could be possible that you're here watching through that camera and you don't know that you have a relationship with God. You don't know that your sins have been forgiven. You might still be in that hiding place because you're afraid of God. Well, let me tell you, there's nothing for you to be afraid of. He wants to be your father. He's a loving God. And he's inviting you into a loving relationship with him. And today, if you invite Jesus into your heart, the Bible says all your sins are forgiven. And you enter into that relationship as a son or daughter. And you might be here and you're like, Pastor, what do I need to do? I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you feel in your heart that you need to make that decision, just make this prayer with me. Say it with me, Lord Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.